Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. And here we go. Come on into my house. You come into my house by giving us a phone call. The number is one 767 4348 We're here to answer any question you might have about home remodeling or home maintenance or home improvement. We'll put our 45, 50 years of home remodeling experience to work for you. We've operated in all four corners of the state. Regardless where you're listening to us, you can call the one toll-free number. And let's see if there's something you're trying to get done that we can't help you along with just a little bit. I'm Rosie, celebrating 31 years of bringing this show to you every Saturday morning. Right here off to my right is my eldest son, Romy, who has joined me for about the last almost 20 years, right? It was 2002, 2003, when you started joining us on the show. My wife, sweet Jennifer, is in the uh, call screening booth. You'll call that number. Jennifer will get your name, your number, where you're calling from, and your question. She'll post it up on these fancy little computer screens, and then we'll get you on air and see if we can't help you as best we can, as quick as we can. One of the things we do to accomplish our mission of becoming every Arizona homeowner's best friend is we do this show every Saturday morning. We do a website on the internet machine called rosieonthehouse.com. We have a newsletter that goes out by subscription only uh, once a week. And we have a topic of the week that drives that particular newsletter. And this week, the topic is the five W's of home remodeling, the why, the who, the when, the what, and the where. So we're going to want to cover that over the course of this next hour, but we're also going to leave time to answer your questions as well. So feel free to give us a call, one 767 We've cleared all the lines. John Harper and Brian Johnson were here talking TIFF and turf and outdoor living. We got rid of all the people that are on hold there during top of the hour break. Cleared all the we lines. We didn't get rid of them. We answered their questions. That's right. <laughs> Took care of them. Took care of them. That's right. That's go on. Shoot. That's, that's over now. That's how you become the best friend. You take care of them. So that opened up all the lines for you, the Arizona homeowner. And if you do get our email newsletter and you haven't seen it the last few weeks, check your spam and junk filters. There recently was an update in our Outlook system at the office, and I have gone in and told it the last three, four, or however many weeks in a row now that this newsletter at rosieonthehouse.com email address is not spam, and it still spams it every single week. So if you haven't been seeing it, check your spam filters. There's been some email update that's, that's affecting some subscribers. All right. So the five W's starts off with the why. Why? The why. why am I remodeling? And, and you know, that's almost the first question we ask everybody that calls us at the remodeling company. And for a lot of people that do go through remodeling projects, 
they asked themselves that during the project. Why oh, did yeah. I think this was a good idea? Why yeah. are we doing this again? <laughs> it, it can be it can be a little rugged. Why didn't I listen? <laughs> it can be a little rugged, that's for sure. It's uh it's not a science. It's kind of an art form. There's some science involved in the techniques and there's some procedural uh, disciplines that need to be followed to try and make it as pleasurable an experience as possible. But you're remodeling master bedroom, master bathroom, master suite, or kitchen. Those projects in particular can become stressful. But when people call and say, Rosie, I'm thinking about doing this or that, my very first question is why? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking with a young couple right now that bought in North Phoenix. And they just bought the home. They haven't even moved in yet. And they're going to stay in their other home. And they, they call it their die-in house. They're moving in with young kids, young couple. And they're going to be there the rest of their life. So that changes how you think about what you're going to do. And I will tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, um, and I generally, I tell them the same thing. I think, and this is totally subjective, but it's my opinion in watching home remodeling in the Valley and throughout Arizona for the last almost 50 years, get in the house and live in the house for a little while before you draw up the master remodel because the why of the remodel can change once you get into the particular house unless you're doing a near whole house reconstruction if you're buying something that's not worth saving for historic value right. and you're just going to go back to slab and start over you don't want to live there if you're going to take it down to slab <laughs> that's a rough living condition and <laughs> that's called a tent uh, yes, in the back corner of the property. I, I challenge, I challenge the people that call me all the time. I say, you know, why do you want to do this? What what's broken? What's changed? Well, we're empty nesters, and the uh, two hall bedrooms are both sitting empty right now, and uh, we want to convert one into a little exercise room and one into a library. Okay, makes good sound sense. Um, maybe. Maybe there's a traffic pattern inside the house that needs to be modified that isn't working well. Maybe you're bringing mom and dad back home and you need to accommodate them. So it's important to know the why because uh, we want to make this project something that as you endure it when we're done, it's going to significantly improve the quality of your life and your experience living in your crib, your home, your house, the the home of your dreams. So let's get down to the why that we're really going to do it. Um, when people call me, one of the biggest whys not to remodel is, well, I've been in the house for 30 years. Uh, we're getting ready to put it up for sale. And I think I need to just update it to get the maximum dollar. That's the worst why in the world to remodel. I'm not against cleaning up and maybe taking care of some deferred maintenance things. But never remodel your home to put it on the market 
to get a higher dollar for resale. <laughs> yeah, that, that would, whew. yeah, you're, you you would never recoup a hundred percent. You're not going to make and, a profit, and you're just you're remodeling it to suit your taste and what you like, and you're guessing what the next homeowner is going to like. So, in my book, historically, that's the worst why ever to remodel and you think well okay how then how come people make their living flipping homes and you hear radio ads all the time i'm coming to your market and i've got my blah 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 method of how to flip homes using other people's money and you know at i have not sat through one of those but i will tell you um a, a lot of the flip projects done in flipping are just cosmetic uh you know cleanups it's not redesigning layout it's not formatting it for more functionality it's not turning it into you know something a home you could age in place they call that universal design you know it, it, it's a lot of quick lipstick on a pig and slap it back on a market and those more often than not are profitable when real estate prices are climbing and they're just taking advantage of the the, the real estate market has nothing to do with the improvements that they're doing. Well, and they're advertising. A lot of those flippers advertise, I'll buy your house. Um, and they're going to be as aggressive on the purchase price as they can because the reason they're buying it is to make a profit. So, you know, <laughs> flipping is a science. And you hear... How many people do it and how easy it is. I know a lot of people that have been burned and burned bad because they were under the false impression anybody can do this. And when I get done any kind of building project, I, I always try and put it as a forever mindset. I'm doing this project so it lasts forever. I, I could never flip a home because the amount of time and money it takes to build something right the first time to last forever isn't something that fits in the flippers market where you've got to, uh, you know, get an instant financial return on your investment. You know, the return on our investments come generations down the line because it's a structure that's, you know, going to be able to supply the next family that's going to move into the home and not have to worry about you know, dumping all this maintenance into it or, you know, building something that's only designed to last 40 years and you're, the next person's going to have to tear it down and completely rebuild. And I tell, I tell my prospective clients all the time, look, the highest return on investment you're going to get is your enjoyment out of it. Let's do it for you to enjoy it and not worry Quality so much. Quality of life. Yeah, just, you, you, you know, you're going to enjoy this for 30 years. What is that worth? You know, it's worth a lot. Well, we've got Andy with a plumbing question that is, I can read it here on the screen. I only have a couple guesses to make at it. We're going to go on break, come back with Andy's plumbing question. We have an open line for you at one 767 But Jennifer, I'm going to tell you, we might want to try and reach out for Rosie's lifeline and let's get a plumber on the line too, see if we can help Andy. I think this is a little bit beyond my plumbing know-how. It's a 
It's a plumbing ghost. Yes. <laughs> and I think I've got a few ideas for him because I had a very similar situation. And it is it is horribly annoying to be waking up to water sounds at 3 o'clock in the morning, Andy. So we're going to do everything we can to help get you taken care of. But right now, if car buying is on your to-do this weekend, get yourself out to Sanderson Ford. Or if you don't have time to get out, you know, shop online. They'll even deliver it to you to your home. One a lot of those of brand new Raptors. Uh, and they've got what, Raptors in stock. They've got Raptors in stock, ready to go. And normally there's a waiting list to purchase a Raptor from Sanderson Ford because the demand is so big. But they've got extra Raptors on the lot right now. Now's the time to go out there. When I bought my Raptor, I actually went out to Sanderson and I said, I want a Mustang. I don't have any tall kids around anymore. I want my sports car. I left that day with a Raptor, (laughs) and I've never looked back. Listen, Sanderson is Ford country. Go out and discover it in a brand-new Raptor. You can't believe what a joy this truck is to go explore Arizona in. You know the hardest thing I'm having? I, I do like the Raptor. But I need I need towing power. So I'm four hundred and fifty horsepower in I'm you know Ford's coming out that's, with a that's new that's racing power. That's yeah. not towing power. Yeah. There's two different things, but they're coming out with a new what? They're coming out with a new bigger V eight. It's almost five hundred horsepower. It's and is that for available. the Raptor or is that it's for be a available diesel? in the F two fifties, three fifties, and four fifties. Uh-huh. Yeah, because so. we're uh but then I'm also struggling. My 150 is almost at 300,000 miles. And so I'm like, do I get a smaller Ranger for my daily commute and a 450 for the towing power? But they've got plenty of options at Sanderson. I know I'll find the right one there. on the line and his shower head starts dripping every morning at 3 a.m and my assumption is andy you'd like to fix that yeah that would be nice (laughs) (laughs) there is nothing worse and you sit there and you think okay can i fall back asleep through this or should i get up and there's hardly ever a win and there's hardly ever a time you can go back to sleep after that well, fortunately, I'm a landscaper, so I get up pretty darn early in the morning. So it is kind of my alarm, but it's still <laughs> miserable. Yeah. Well, I mean, my first question is, do you have any automated plumbing that's circulating at that time? A water softener, cycling, uh, irrigation uh, valve being turned on? No irrigation, because I run that around 8 o'clock in the morning. But yeah, we do have a water softener, and I, I'm a renter so i've lived there for about six months and that was my only thought was well i don't i'm not familiar with what has it done this the whole six months yeah oh okay well hang on andy we're gonna bring in uh one of our rosie certified plumbers let me introduce you to mr walker from walker plumbing and uh which which walker do we have on the line there's dustin hey how are you? Good. Were you able to hear Andy's question? I, I did. I did. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I guess. I, well, I, I got I to pretend that it's something to do with that water softener. With your, you know, when your pressure is balancing out, you know, it, 
when it goes into rejuvenation or something to that that effect, it might be just letting you know water seep by that that, that shower cartridge enough um, when it's in in service, and maybe we can set the clock so that it it doesn't rejuvenate in the in the mornings necessarily. Maybe in the afternoons, you know, noon noon one o'clock when nobody's there. Okay, yeah, so there is a clock on there, so I just need to change the, the time that it... Yeah, just change the settings, and, and then, you know, if if that's the case, you know, you're just doing a process of elimination, you know, it, and, and something, like Rosie said, there's something, you know, whether a research pump or a, 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 a sprinkler valve, something is making the the water move which is in turn affecting the shower, you know, to possibly leak a little bit. Um, okay. So it, it, that's why I feel like maybe I think you guys are on to something and on the, the softener, you know, maybe it's, it's doing its, its uh, rejuvenation at that time. Okay, Mr. Walker, well, I'll give that a try. And um, if for some reason that doesn't work, I'll give you a call back, Rosie, next week. Yeah, give us a call if you, if you don't yeah. need help. And, yeah, give and us an update. Dustin, my one Thanks. question is, uh, should he go ahead and just, for good measure, pull the cartridge out of the shower head and make sure that he doesn't need to replace any of the rubber gaskets? Because, uh, you know, a, something, is that weak? Is that shower head valve weak enough that it's letting that water pressure come through? Yes, and that you know it, it, it's possibly that that shower cartridge is starting to give give way or or you know letting it leak by, and so that rubber is just getting soft or you know, and it, it may need to be replaced. Because now, you know, affecting the pressure, you know, does he have high pressure? You know, is it is it super high water pressure where? When the when the soft water rejuvenates and then it slams back down, making you know it trying to leak somewhere else or that pressure is trying to push out somewhere else, it could be a very good possibility. Um, <clears throat> but testing the water pressure, I would say, is one. You know, setting that that soft water to maybe rejuvenate at noon would be another, and then and then maybe the third one would be maybe replacing that shower cartridge would be a good idea. And Dustin, right. when you oh. tell people to put pressure regulators on the house, what pressure do you like to see them set it to? I, I like to see it to between 65 and 70. Yeah, I think 75 that's... Is their, 75 is their max pressure, but, but 65 to 70 is good working water oh, pressure. Very good. Well, that's Dustin from Walker Plumbing, one of the Rosie certified plumbers serving the greater Phoenix area along with Stampede Plumbing, Thunderbird Plumbing, and uh, Intelligent Design down in Tucson. So we've got plumbers for wherever you live in Arizona. That's one of the things we do to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Connect the right trades professional with the right homeowners in their area to take care of their problems in their home castle or cabin. So there's three steps there. One, we're going to adjust the timer on the water softener and see if that doesn't solve it. Two, Check the pressure on the home and make sure we're well regulated. And then three, uh, look at replacing the cartridge on that shower head, which is a fairly uh, inexpensive project and fairly easy to teach yourself. There you go. 
little good music. Welcome back to Make on the House Hour. And this month, all month long, we've been talking about digital application, digital maintenance for the home. And you've heard us talking a lot in the last year about Home Zada. Actually, it's close to two years now, I believe. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the inventory aspect. Last week, we talked about the maintenance aspect. From the homepage login, you've got a projects tab as well. And we've got developer John Berdozic joining us on the line to talk about the projects aspect of HomeZada. We love the app. We love what it does to the home. It brings home ownership into the digital era. John, how can people use the projects tab to help maintain their home castle or cabin? Thanks, Rummy, for having me today. And uh, yeah, when we think of projects, we kind of think of it almost like before, during, and after the project, right? So we know that homeowners, before they actually start a project, usually there's some upfront planning that needs to get done. Like, how much money am I going to spend on this project? What products and brands am I going to choose? You know, oftentimes people are contemplating they only have so much money to spend on a project. So it may be like, am I going to do the bathroom remodel or the new deck or sort of which projects am I going to do? So there's that sort of whole upfront planning and helping customers kind of decide uh, how much they want to um, budget for. And then obviously we can get more into the how, how Homes Auto can be used to help manage the actual project during its phase. And then also what's key and important for us is what happens after the project is done too. The wish list part of it is one of my favorite features because there's a number of things that, you know, living at this house now for a handful of years that we've added and we want to start making improvements on. And obviously, we're not in a position to do them all uh, with cash at once. So you start putting together uh, your wish list of projects. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's just sort of natural behavior. It's either a lot of times A, one, right after people buy a new home. They're buying it with the intention of doing a number of remodels. But then there's also the behavior of like, hey, I've lived in this house for five or ten years. Maybe my family has grown or my desires over what I want to do with my house has grown. And so uh, Auto has got a series of like 60 common home improvement projects, which allows the user to easily kind of pick and choose those things. I want to do a home addition. I want to put on a new deck. It's both exterior sort of landscaping projects as well as interior projects and essentially allows the the homeowner to basically say, hey, these are the five or ten projects that I want to do to my house. Um, And then it kind of gives them that place to kind of start that whole planning process. Because if I spend, you know, five thousand on the kitchen, on the bathroom remodel and another five thousand on a deck, I could get two projects done versus maybe spending 15 on the kitchen remodel. So how are you going to make those kind of decisions are oftentimes dependent on, A, can you get financing for the project? And B, what are your sort of priorities that, that you want to go forward with? And I'm, the one I'm playing with right now in real time as you're talking is we're going to put in a living pond in the home. We have too much dust and undeveloped area around us for a swimming pool. But the kids, you know, summer in Arizona revolves around going to our neighbor's house a few miles down the road and swimming in their pool. So we're going to put in a living pond. It'll be filtered and clean enough to be able to swim in in the summertime, but it's not something that's going to be plastered. And all of the runoff from our roof, it's going to be a rain catchment. You can use it as an overflow for watering of the livestock. And I'm making some updates in this. You don't have to do any kind of saving. As you type in your edits, you can just see the green line underneath it go across and it tells you updated and saved, updated and saved. You never have to worry about losing your work. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, uh, you know, prior to Home Zotto, Elizabeth, my co-founder, you know, I watched her manage with, you know, she had like a gazillion Excel spreadsheets and she would tear out pieces of paper from <laughs> magazines over products that she was considering. And she basically had paper scattered everywhere. And it's sort of like, how do you sort of bring it all into one sort of place? Because we know that planning doesn't happen, you know, in one sitting. It happens over multiple weeks when you sort of allocate some of your time. So you're like, oh, I found something I like, or I've updated the budget for this particular item. So HomeZotto is a great kind of planning tool because it allows you to save all your thoughts about things that you're going to consider for your project in one place. You can also track what contractors you're working with. You can track uh, the people that were on site doing the work. I mean, it's it's so powerful. I, I have a hard time not geeking out about it whenever we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the... One of the new things that we added, if you look at it, there's a, a new tab up there called Actions. And really what that's designed is if you think about projects, homeowners have two choices over how they execute the project, right? Some are going to be ambitious and they're going to go the DIY route and they're going to kind of do it themselves. Others are going to go the route of basically hiring a contractor. Either way, action items are sort of like a place for you to kind of give yourself all the little things that you need to do, right? So if you're going to do a DIY, you can use the action tabs to kind of put in all of the demolition and installation and sequencing over the things that you need to do for that project. If you're going to hire a contractor, then there's a lot of sort of things that the homeowners need to do to be able to hire the right contractor, right? It's to have a budget. You want to interview the contractor. Maybe you want to check a reference. You want to, if your project is big enough, it may require a permit. All those sort of like management aspects can be tracked in the action tab which, again, gives the user flexibility depending on whether they want to do a DIY or hire a contractor. And if you've got multiple projects going, you can go to the reports list and see an overview if you've got you know a handful of different things you're trying to manage. And it could be as simple as scheduling the install of, of window treatments. Yeah, not only if you've got multiple projects going on, but again, sort of think about your lifestyle. You probably did a project two years ago and another one last year. Maybe you're going to do one this year. And then over time, you've been in that house for 10 years and you're like, well, what projects have I done? It's a huge important aspect to track what's called the tax basis on your house, right? Which means you may have bought the house for $400,000, but you've put on a new kitchen, a new deck, you know, in your case, a new exterior pond, all those things start to add up. How much have I actually invested into my house since I actually bought it from a purchase price perspective? And tracking that tax basis becomes important uh, at when you meet with your uh, accountant to file your annual taxes. And then definitely if you ever decide to sell your house, that's going to be important information to keep track of. And one fun thing that I really enjoy about it is it's like all things in technology. What it does today isn't going to be what it does next month or next year. It's just going to continue to develop in user friendliness and, and functionality. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what else this is going to do for us in five years. Yeah, and we, we watch a lot of how our users use our products. And, and we saw a trend where we needed to uh, add some more templates to our project list. Um, solar panels is a big thing for people live if are probably in Arizona and California investing in putting a solar roof on their house. We added another template for siding replacement. Obviously homes get old and, and the sun beats down on our exterior or siding. So replacing that, we saw a lot of people, you know, actually doing new additions where you're expanding the square footage of the house. So we added those three new templates because it gives the user a better starting point than starting their project from scratch. 
And it is so helpful that's under the new project, and then you go in there and there's all your choices of template. And of course, if whatever you're trying to do is so unique, there isn't a template to start with. Well, you just you do start from scratch, and it's not all that hard, but it is nice having the, the models already set up for you when you get there. Yeah, because what we do with the template is we try to predict the common items that are going to be required for that project. So again, it pre-populates the sort of budgeting process of, you know, with a new addition, you're obviously going to be looking at uh, a new foundation, new framing, uh, new roof, because those are all brand new building materials that are going to be part of that a new addition, right? With solar panels, you've obviously got the panels, you got the rack system, you've got the, you know, inverter to convert the electricity, all those sort of are items that are going to end up being installed on your project. And we kind of give you that starting point to move forward with, uh, with tracking that. One of our listeners was asking about the security of it. You know, if we're inventorying everything in our home, if we're managing our finances, how secure is this information from, you know, the outside world and, and the cloud hacking or <laughs> whatever the correct terminology is? No problem. Yeah, we absolutely, security is priority design implementation number one for us. Uh, and so we actually even publish a lot of what we do from a security perspective. So when the user goes to homesauto.com, if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a link that says security. And it gets into everything from, you know, giving the user a password policy to user authentication, and you can enable two-factor authentication. We encrypt all the data, both where we store the data and when it's transported between, you know, our servers and your browser. Um, We use world-class data centers in terms of the physical uh, security of where the data is stored. Yeah, we we take a lot of different layers, both from a, a technical and hosting infrastructure perspective to protect the data. And even in our privacy policy, we tell all of our customers that we're just the custodians of your data. We don't give or provide your data to anybody it's there for your use to help you manage your house. You just go to rosieonthehouse.com slash app to get started. It, the inventory side of it is free. There is a $5 a month charge for opening up the projects and the maintenance and the finance side of things. It's service as a software. But, I mean, it, if you use it correctly, you, know, you should be saving yourself at least $5 every month. <laughs> and that's, that's at the bare minimum without even trying. We also offer a $59 a year subscription fee. And I think uh, for your Rosie on the House customers, we even have a coupon code uh, that gives them a discount off of that number as well. Yes, at checkout, just type in Rosie, and I believe it's 25% off your first annual year subscription. Fantastic. And uh, again, we've had so many customers all across the country and and even a lot of your customers in Arizona who basically said this is just such a lifesaver <laughs> as it relates to managing all the important information about my house. And what it'll do for first-time home buyers that buy a house that has a well-documented home Zada profile, just the amount of things that they won't have to go through the hard way learning of, you know, what to do next, how to manage it, uh, changing your air filters and learning how to live in the home. It's going to be a roadmap for them. It's an empowering sort of journey. I mean, we as all as homeowners who've lived in a home for quite some time, you you learn about what it takes to manage a home by things breaking and costing you money. And you're like, why didn't I maintain that? But obviously, for first time homeowners, we're trying to use HomeZada almost like an educational tool to get them to do proactive maintenance and inventory management and projects so that they can avoid those costs as they you know go through their journey of home ownership. 
at John Brodzik of Homezada. You can start using the app, rosieonthehouse.com slash app. Thanks for spending time with us this Saturday morning. beautiful Saturday morning, continuing through our 9 o'clock hour. It's our On the House hour. We're talking about something specifically on the home. and But let's first talk about specifically something on Rosie's face. <laughs> this is, Rosie, you've, you've lit up Facebook, darling. We, so we put out a vote last week and we continued it today. We have one more hour to vote. Does Rosie grow it back or does it keep it off? And you know what, Romy? We're in a dead heat. Last week it was all no. It is absolutely almost tied. Six people have said it's up to me. (laughs) Only one person has said it's up to Rosie. I go with them. Our friend Janet says there's only three people in the world that can rock a mustache. Tom Selleck, Sam Elliott, and you. (laughs) But just on the opposite side, Cheryl says, um, no stash. You look younger, more handsome, more professional, and trustworthy. Need I say more? So, man, it's a hard decision, babe. Maybe I'll grow half the mustache. <laughs> Make everybody happy. Put in your vote on Facebook. We're gonna we'll let you know at the end of the hour. Oh, man. Well, one of the things we try and do other than that silliness is work to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And we're doing that this hour by covering the five W's of uh you need to consider before you start remodeling. Now we've already covered one. <laughs> The why, okay? But how about who will do the work? And this is a critical, and I plan on going into this in a a lot greater detail the next hour. But I want you to take a a minute and think about why you're remodeling and what you're going to remodel. Now, when you call a professional remodeling contractor to come quote that work, the total price roughly, very roughly, is going to be broken down into one-third materials, one-third labor, one-third job site supervision, insurance, overhead, profit, and all the ancillary general conditions. So it's a third, a third, a third. So when people think they're going to save a ton of money (laughs) by doing the job themselves, What they find out when they start calling the subcontractors is the subcontractors immediately smell an opportunity uh, to be a little aggressive with their pricing. If you're picking the right remodeling contractor, he has his subs dialed down. He's buying their work trained to his specification for less than you could ever buy that work for. He's buying his appliances, his light fixtures, his plumbing fixtures, all from suppliers he has long-standing relationships with that are going to give him a better price than they're going to give a walk-in homeowner. Well, it's wholesale versus retail. If the wholesaler exactly. knows, you know, I'm going to be able to sell Rosie 10, you know, KitchenAid appliance refrigerators a month on average, I'm going to lower his price versus 
you know, Joe, a homeowner who's going to come in once every 20 years. Yeah. And so on a $10,000 job, 3300 is material, 3300 is labor, and 3300 is the general contractor. Well, if that general contractor isn't saving you a third by being able to buy better than you, being able to organize a job better than you, to be more efficient with the time, that general contractor should be the right way for you to go unless you just like banging your head against the wall with all the excuses you're going to get on why such and such contractor can't get there the day he said he was going to get there, why the doors that were ordered blue came in brown. But you're saving $5. Right. (laughs) Now, uh, I love numbers, but I hate the back office. Isn't there something with sales tax and all this as well? Contractors don't pay the same taxes that a retail client does. Well, now you've opened a real Pandora. <laughs> now you've opened a real can of worms. Because the Arizona system for collecting sales taxes for residential remodeling work is the most convoluted, <laughs> messed up pile of poop. <laughs> Then you Farm can ever manure. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And when I talk to the Arizona Department of Revenue about it, they say, look, we didn't write it. We only enforce it. Most of my officers don't even understand it. So <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you that the noncompliance factor of remodelers in abiding by the transaction privilege tax code it's probably about 80 to 90% noncompliance out of pure confusion. Yeah, not, not intentional but trying I'm to digress. do the right thing, but they made it so hard to understand. But there, it, it should. Anyway. It's very I didn't mean to open that. So anyway. who's doing the work next is when? when. And that's the other question. If you opt to contract it yourself under the impression you're going to save money, I promise you, you aren't going to save time. Uh, organizing a fifty or seventy-five or an eighty thousand dollar kitchen remodel takes a ton of pre-planning, total specifications on every single item that's going to be included, pre-ordered it, get your hands on it before you start tearing anything up, and know your subcontractors well enough to give them one week, three day and one-day notices on when they're going to be on the job to rough in, to finish out, to trim up, to punch list. And they all have that in writing, and you can hold them to it. So who's going to do the work? When do you want the job done? And what do I need about to know about permits? Which kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what do I need to know about sales tax? <laughs> You know, there's what the law is, there's what they enforce, and there's what are you willing to get away that's with. That's exactly right. Most people aren't aware what little things actually re- need permits. Even in some cases, a ceiling fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, replacing. Moving or replacing a ceiling fan. Uh, the moving I get because you're moving wires. Replacing one and an existing one, I don't get that one at turning all. Turning a carport into a garage. You can't do that without a permit. Uh, you can't technically replace a water heater. Without a permit. Now, some cities have gotten on board and said, we're going to make that very, very easy for you. But there's some unnamed cities I won't mention 
that still make it extremely pain in the neck process to go get a permit to exchange a water heater. And you don't realize how important your water heater is. Till it's out. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it oftentimes. I'd sooner give up an air conditioning unit than a water heater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the last W to consider is where are you going to stay during the remodel? Those are the five W's.